XR Webinar Series by Design Hubs. Unlocking Immersive Commerce, Virtual Triumph, Digital Transformation, and Sustainability with Roberto Crocci. Hello, Roberto. Uh, it's great to have you. Uh, thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, really a pleasure. Uh, so, Roberto, excited to have you here. Um, I mean, you had an outstanding, you know, career through, throughout your career. You started your, your next uh, entrepreneur, a solo a, a founder. Uh, you worked at Google for more than nine years. You led Microsoft uh, and now you're at PIF uh, leading their uh, transformation as well. So really excited first to learn more about you, about your journey. Uh, how did you start and how did you reach where you are today? Uh, we, are, we also just, uh, for the sake of introduction, we have our head of product, Matt, with us today on, on the call. Uh, so very excited to hear about your journey and, uh, and how it all started. And, and, and thank you so much, Nadim, and thank you, uh, Matt. Uh, again, everyone, apologies for, for the delay. Uh, I hate being late as well. Uh, you know, at PF, we have uh, some strict rules uh, that we, we have learned with uh, Nadim on, on uh, platform access, but uh, um, looking forward. So, uh, listen, uh, uh, I've been a long time in tech, right? So I'm very passionate about technology and how technology can impact uh, the, the life of all of us. Um, so my career started actually in consulting. Uh, uh, I, I did... Uh, you know that that gym uh, that uh, you know to to understand a little bit how to navigate stakeholders and how to 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 deal with 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 uh, key stakeholders and companies right so but then i had the chance to to join the founding team of 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 a of a startup uh, which was a multi-channel retailer i was really um, a really, really exciting journey in, in that, that, that experience, right? So we basically, we, we were in the furniture design industry and uh, we wanted to launch a, a, a company with a business model similar to Ux. If you, if you remember Ux, Ux, they did a merger with Net-A-Porter now a few years back. Um, but basically, they were like labeling, like labeling the, the, you know, the e-commerce for fashion brands in Italy in the early 2000s, right? So where, where at the time, fashion brands had no clue, no idea how to go online how to sell their products online. So we had a similar, uh, similar idea on, on uh, the design and, and the furniture industry. And, and so we launched both retail. So we opened retail in Milan and then London and Paris and then the, the e-commerce and then also catalog. So it was two and a half years of intense, uh, you know, uh, uh, learning, uh, doing a bit of everything across everything, uh, the retail and the e-commerce. Uh, and then I had a chance to join Google. Uh, Google acquired a company called DoubleClick back in 2008. And, and at the time, it was a sort of the beginning of a revolution in the ad tech space, right? So at the time, DoubleClick was mainly an ad server, um, uh, counting uh, impressions, clicks, um, and conversions. And it evolved into what it is today, you know, the whole programmatic space, uh, real-time bidding, uh, uh, and so on and so forth, right? So it became increasingly sophisticated. Um, and, and, and so it was a journey, right? So for, 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 for us within Google was a sort of being in a startup within Google. So to build the alignment with the different stakeholders. Um, but also there was, at the time, there was a big Chinese world, right? So DoubleClick was more media buying. It was a platform sort of business where um, uh, we were not, we were not uh, responsible for the uh, Google-owned operated properties, right? So, but it was a piece of technology. It was selling more technology rather than media. Uh, and and the evolution of double has been uh, under the eyes of uh, everyone, right? So it's been it's been a massive massive growth, uh, and 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 also one of those things that uh, helped to have the narrative of transforming the, the agency, right? So business model, and and the whole ecosystem, right? So when it comes to the ad tech and martech space, um, uh, uh, together with that, we 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 you know the the the, the product the, the 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 suite of products expanded, right? So 
from the Purat server, we, we Google acquired a company called Urgent, which became Google Analytics. Then we, we launched the premium version of Google Analytics, which eventually evolved into Google Analytics 360. And from there, we had the Google Marketing Platform, right? So that merged the, you know, the ad tech side, si the ad tech side of things with the site-centric side of things, the behavior right, all together in one, actually have an holistic view of the user behavior and the conversions in one place. Then I had the chance uh, to, to join Microsoft uh, to lead the venture capital and startup division. And I recently joined PIF uh, nine months ago uh, uh, to, to work on the value creation and transformation projects across MENA investments. Um, so looking forward, uh, you know, uh, to, to have the conversation today. And, and, and thank you again, Matt and, and Nadim for inviting me. Sure, uh, again, pleasure to have you and thanks for sharing. Uh, very exciting, very, very exciting uh, career. And uh, just wanted to like get your thoughts You've, you've headed the platform marketing at Google for, uh, for like almost uh, four or five years. So I wanted to ask you like before jumping from Google to Microsoft uh, and looking at what the state of you know, digital transformation is today, uh, how, did you see, how do you see this you know, change uh, re being reshaped you know, with generative AI, with everything related to immersive commerce, so from what you started previously, and you mentioned that you worked in, in, the, in the retail sector as well. So how it was the state previously when you started to what it is now, and how do you see it changing in the coming decade? So if you can elaborate a bit on, on this. No, absolutely. Listen, uh, uh, the, the, when I started, I remember, you know, it was back in 2008, right? So um, in Google, I mean, and, and, and uh, um, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the user journey was, was, was uh, different than it is today in the sense that it was still a bit more linear, even if it was already uh, started to, to change. And, and we, were, we were living the, the, the real mobile revolution, right? So we, we, we had all the narrative around mobile first and how, uh, you know, uh, people were, could interact with brands uh, uh, you know, with brands from mobile um, and, and mobile conversions and so on and so forth, right? So it was the beginning of, of that journey. And now we are very much beyond that, right? So, uh, uh, we, 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 you know, to, to today online, offline, today we, we have all the different, uh, uh, you know, the, 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 the customer journey is, is, is definitely more sophisticated. And 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 the the you know uh, is is a completely different reality, right? So compared to where we were uh, at that time, uh, back in those days, uh, you know, uh, even from an ad tech perspective, uh, the, the technology was um, was was purely a counter, right? So the, we had the counter, and uh, the, the the signals that we we started having about audiences were still, uh, uh, you know, uh, not that sophisticated. Today we have data feeds, right? So that that can come from. A variety of different sources, but also the, the the targeting capabilities that we have today in order to uh, to address the different audiences and and uh, you know the different stages of the funnel as well or the different stages of the customer uh, journey. Uh, we, we have uh, an abundance of, of, of data that we didn't have before, plus also the, the generative AI, the, the AI capabilities that we have today in order to be able to adapt uh, the response, you know, to, to, to what the user behavior or the user intent is and the contextual, the context of where the users are, are, are you know, uh, uh, from. Uh, I mean, it's, it's way more sophisticated, way more real-time, way more adaptive than, than it used to be. So the evolution is, is definitely clear and we can only see this um, improving even further. Uh, in order to uh, you know blend blend all the different inputs we have about about the users and and the different data feeds into uh, uh, with with AI uh, and 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 then have you know different experiences that are 
you know, shaped at scale, uh, you know, uh, for different users, then personalization gets uh, more and more real, right? So compared to uh, what it used to be. Even in 2008, we were we had the narrative around personalization, but the reality is was uh, either was very manual or it required a lot of customizations, right? So in, in, in the tracking, a lot of customization in the implementation of different solutions to make it happen. And it was still very siloed across different uh, different channels. Today, 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 we have more and more integrations across the different channels, platforms, and media from where the users are connecting from. And we have more intelligence about the user behavior, right? So progressively, what we have seen also evolving is the behaviors of the consumers, right? So even from the Google, from the searches that, 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 you know, and from a lot of different signals, we can see today consumers are more impatient, are more demanding, are more curious. And you can see from uh, what, what consumers are looking for, right? So they don't just look for something, they look for something near them. They look for something quickly in in one hour they look for a delivery in one hour or, or stuff like that right so so uh, that tells a lot about how the consumer behavior, behavior has evolved and how technology has, has also evolved in in order to uh, cope with that and advertising has have been following right so the, all the signals we have about users today uh, what we can do today with programmatic real time you know to bid for an impression where we know the audience behind and it's a premium because we know that the audience is more likely to convert uh, because it, it's, it's, it's in target, right? So versus not, uh, it's, it's pretty sophisticated. And, and the, the whole automation we can build out of that sophistication is also pretty impressive today uh, compared to uh, what it used to be. In all of this, the customer experience, the user experience, right? So plays a, a key role, right? So the, the whole immersion of users in uh, in the new technologies, whether it's AR or, or VR, but also the new Web3 technologies, right? So that they enable more flexibility in 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 the in the, in the business model as well, and in the in, in, in brand loyalty, those are all uh, still uncharted territories, right? So because we we see, we still see we see the first solutions, the first developments of uh, uh, concepts that, that leverage these technologies, but more more can be done uh, to leverage these technologies in a way that uh, you know to blend better better user experiences at the end of the day. Yeah, um, I completely agree on that point. Personalization is a key. Uh, feature and again for providing uh, a more personalized shopping experience for consumers and to take a deeper dive on personalization and immersive commerce since you mentioned uh, AR, VR and digital transformation in the retail sector I'll hand it over to Matt uh, to, to uh, dig deeper onto these topics and uh, so Matt yeah over to you yeah sure thank you uh, both yeah I, I wanted to rebond actually like what you mentioned this consumer behavior is changing and they want personalization. Um, like we still see this now e-commerce that like, you know, have only flat images like since the 2000s. Um, what is your opinion on these new technologies like 3D, AR, virtual try-on? Do you think it really like improve the, the experience of customers? Do you think they have a better journey with the brands? Like make, does it make it like more loyal to the brands? Do they have more fun with the brand? Um, how do you think it is today and how do you see that evolving? No, I think, I think uh, some of the technologies you mentioned um, are, are, are really uh, key, right? So to uh, enhance the, the experience that, that consumers have with, with the brands. If we take the VTO, right, so VTO technologies. So I believe this, this set of technologies can create um, a more engaging shopping experience, right? So because think about it, these, these, these technologies can, at the end of the day, they can allow consumers uh, to visualize themselves uh, with the product. Uh, and, um, 
and this can create a, a, a more personal connection with the brand. And this is this is key. This is uh, the, we have. I mean, the, we have researches and data, right? So that they prove that uh, the more personal connection you can establish between a user, a consumer, a potential consumer, and and the brand, of course, that that has a return, right? In the conversion and in the loyalty as well. So uh, uh, the fact that users can visualize themselves, for example, with a brand, with with technology in an easy way, in a smooth way. Um, uh, it's 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 something that is uh, already uh, uh, a great enhancement in the in the user journey. Also, there is an element uh, of it's not just uh, you know uh, uh, it's not just uh, how to say uh, uh, the users that are able to be more engaged in the shopping experience, but also uh, at at some point you want to convert, right? So it's also increasing the confidence in in the purchase. Right, so, so uh, uh, sometimes uh, uh, you know, and you see it from from uh, analysis of the, of the carts, right? So, and then the the, the dropping uh, users dropping in, in, in at some st- at certain stages of the, of the of the purchase funnel, right? So, uh, at some point, you can see that sometimes you see hesitation in online shopping due to uncertainty, for example, of fit and look. Like, let's take this example. So. Uh, uh, VTO technologies uh, can increase uh, the, the, the confidence that uh, the consumer says because they can reduce this uncertainty, right? So they can lead to a higher conversion rate because uh, at the end of the day, you return more confidence uh, to users in, in, in their purchase process, right? So, um, uh, for example, there was this uh, virtual artist that Sephora uh, created that, and then there was this case study where uh, uh, it reported that uh, the, the, their virtual assets was able to increase both engagement and purchase confidence by a, a big percentage, right? So, so I think I think all of these technologies, at the end of the day, to your question, are increasing both either the engagement or the confidence of users during the the, 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 the funnel, and either users feel more a part of uh, like a, they feel that they have a better personal connection with the brand, or they feel that they, they have more confidence in in completing the purchase. And not abandoning the cart because of uh, uh, it's it, it feels that it's more personalized and uh, the uncertainty or the hesitation that they had was the technology helped them to remove those those feelings as well. Yeah, uh, I agree with you. And uh, just one question additional to this. So we see like today still like images are the prominent on the e-commerce pages of product and more like virtual trial and 3D comes as an option. Do you think that in the next like two or three years? 3D is gonna become the standard, and images are gonna become the options. I I, I think I think the trend is there, right? So um, uh, 3D 3D AR technologies uh, uh, are are definitely uh, uh, contributing to enhance the the shopping experience, um, uh, right? So having uh, the chance to see a product uh, maybe even this in the same environment where you you are purchasing it for, right? So and 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 maybe even get to interact with it or or to 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 you know uh, to 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 have a more uh, a visual realization of what that that product is going to be, uh, uh, you know, is 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 definitely enhancing the experience. Is providing a more, even sort of an in-store feeling. Some sometimes. Um, so um, uh, I remember uh, with Nadim, right? So we had we had some examples with uh, the IKEA uh, applications, and uh, you know the ability to visualize even the furniture in your space uh, is really key because you are you are, you figure it out. Uh, you you feel more immersed. Uh, you you feel like uh, uh, not not just engaged, but you feel like you have the confidence that what you are looking for is uh, you know is the experience that you wanted to have with the product that you are trying to right. So. And this can apply to the different segments, right? So uh, um, I, I was recently in an investor call where uh, the owner of the largest hotel chain globally 
uh, was talking about Web3 and, and AR and VR technologies. And so, oh, wow, uh, you know, uh, this is a guy in his 70s that, have, you know, uh, seen all whatever you can see in, right? So enhancing uh, the user experience when it comes to hotels and hospitality. And how he was looking to embrace these new technologies, right? So because at the end of the day, if you see today, when you go to book, for example, online uh, a room, right, in a hotel, uh, it's 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 commoditized, right? So it's it's competition is on price, and uh, you know they all look the same. You have the same pictures of this bed, and then this this you know whatever. It's it, it doesn't feel like so. Whereas if you can have a sort of a pre-experience what it could look like, the more technology can help to to get you that feeling, the more you can buy that 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 that, that user, right? So you can buy. Uh, and, and and the user can 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 feel that okay this is the experience I really want to 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 have, and 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 uh, I think I think so uh, these technologies and and AR VR and and then the 3D version of 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 rendering uh, could definitely help uh, in that journey absolutely. Yeah, definitely. And I have one more example that I was thinking about recently. You know, um, I took a plane and I traveled, and I was always wondering how the business class looks like. You know, like. Um, and so you don't know that when you buy a ticket, you, you like think like, oh, maybe it's cool, like, but you don't really know. If you would have something like this, you know, that shows you the environment and you would place yourself in, in this, you would have more confidence to buy this like higher price uh, ticket rather than just a, a normal one. No, no. Listen, uh, th this can apply to to a lot of segments, even 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 uh, traditional things where uh, people uh, and it's cultural, right? So uh, you think about buying a car online. But if you can, if you can experience that car maybe in three D, and you can open, you can get into the car and see in three D, right? So how that that the feeling is, and you can render that feeling in in in, in the best way possible. I think this is very engaging, right? So uh, uh, for for users, and then you can definitely feel. And then we, we, you can definitely see that the, 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 the connection to conversion rate is much higher when you, you provide those uh, more engaging and rich experiences for users. Yeah, definitely. Um, cool. Uh, I think Nadim wanted to, to ask you a little bit more about um, a certain market uh, where, where these technologies could, could also be helpful. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, thanks, Roberto. Uh, amazing insights, and thank you for sharing these. Um, so you know, different markets have been segregated, and you know, have been have evolved differently. U.S. versus Europe versus uh, Asia, Southeast Asia, and the GCC. How do you see the GCC market positioning itself in the coming five years in terms of digital transformation and adopting not just you know immersive technologies for the retail space, but in general, how do you think it's adopting these technologies to position itself as, as a leader in, in, in a global crowded ecosystem, uh, I would say? Yeah, yeah listen, uh, I think I think at this part of the world in the GCC, uh, uh, we are in a very good position, right? So historically, no doubt that uh, mature markets, uh, the US, Europe, and even uh, in some Asian markets have been really uh, at the forefront and driving a lot of the transformation and the new technologies. Uh, but when it comes to retail, specifically when it comes to retail, and uh, think about the mobile uh, mobile penetration, right? So uh, GCC is probably one of the regions with the highest mobile penetration globally. Um, and and uh, uh, some of the retailers uh, are making uh, probably even more than 85 uh, to 90 percent of their revenues from mobile. And, and, and so uh, M-commerce is also driving a, a lot of uh, uh, retail right? so, uh, across the GCC region. Plus, if you cope this with uh, uh, the fact that we have a sort of a luxury uh, shopping experience, right? So 
uh, in the GCC, uh, the consumers, uh, there is affinity, right? So for luxury goods and uh, premium service, for example, uh, uh, or think about exclusive online connections, uh, luxury experiences. Uh, you know, the market segments that we have here as well is used to have these interactions, is used to have these experiences, right? So I, I guess, so if we cope this with, with again, with the mobile penetration and the fact that we, 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 we have massive uh, already adoption of um, uh, business that is, driving revenues from from mobile and apps already in the region i i think i think we, we have uh, the foundation right so to to keep expanding on that right so we have we have users that are savvy enough and mature enough to uh, uh, appreciate right so what the evolution of these technologies and uh, for example ar vr and, and, and 3d adoption uh, you know tried, uh, you know could, could bring to the table here right so so i think i think we, we we have the right indicators across gcc and 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 brands more and more should should and have already started in the region but but they can do more and more right so to to include uh, to enrich these experiences by adopting these these emerging technologies and by integrating into the brand experience right so uh, or, or even imagining new experiences, right? So, because the, the, the opportunity, the opportunities that these technologies are, are are offering are endless, right? So, to 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 offer new experiences for for users. So, so I think I think the region here is blessed by the fact that there have been already massive adoption. Uh, right, so and investment, and that the fact that the users are very used to, uh, you know, uh, mobile, mobile first, mobile navigation and apps, right? So that that makes it easier for them to interact with the content and with the, not only the content but also the, the purchase, right, online, and and businesses have, have have been structured already in a way where they take advantage and they they, they benefit out of this, right? So so I think I think uh, to, to 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 summarize, uh, uh, in the GCC we we see. Uh, we see definitely uh, probably one of the best regions to capitalize on uh, the benefits that these technologies can bring to to users. Yeah, um, thanks uh, for sharing, and I completely agree on on that point. Uh, and uh, of course, the purchasing power in the GCC is very different than different markets. And as you mentioned, luxury is a key, I would say, um, a key sector and a key category uh, in this market. And again. People are really like very selective of what, what they're buying, and there's a lot of social activities there. Um, Roberto, I know that so moving a bit away from this topic, uh, I know that you've advised a lot of startups, uh, and you continuously do that, and you know you have tremendous experience in that. So I just really for everyone's you know um, uh, I would say uh, information, I want to ask and I want to ask you to provide maybe the key. Uh, three learnings that you have throughout that you have actually gathered throughout your career and what you would you advise like aspiring uh, entrepreneurs or people who would like to uh, like you know evolve throughout their career so what are your top five or top three key learnings that you actually uh, or principles that you adopted and that enabled you to navigate through all this you know career advancement Sure. Uh, listen, I'm uh, happy to. So uh, I, 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 I don't have a list or a number, right? So, but, but, but uh, what I think some, some of the principles or some of the learnings uh, I would love to share, definitely. The first one I would say is definitely about, uh, it's, it's all about people, right? So um, especially uh, uh, it's always about people, right? So, uh, and I've been blessed to work for uh, some of the largest and, and, and coolest uh, technology companies. Uh, and even, 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 even inside those companies, I would say it, it, it boils down to, to, to people as well. Right? So, so 
when you're building a new venture, when you are building a new startup, uh, at the end of the day, uh, uh, what what the best investors look into is is especially in the early stage, right? So, uh, is the quality of the founding team, is the quality of the people, uh, uh, is is uh, and and that that entails many different things, right? So, w- w- what does that mean? So, so first of all, I would say is you 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 have the real complementarity and composition of the of the right team, right? So, at some point, you have. You need to have uh, you need to 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 have the the solidity both on the technical side of things and on the commercial side of things because this is this is what you need to do basically right so without making it into roles but you need to have people that that are able to 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 tell the the story right so, and to understand the users and to to bring this feedback back and to sell you need to have people that are you know able to build the product so, so to to technically uh, build build the, the, the company right so the, the so but but the, and then there is the human element right so the commitment uh, of 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 those founders and the people, right? So to to that business and to that problem, right? So 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 this is one thing I think. People is probably a, a, a element number one and, and lessons learned number one. So is also that means also uh, making the right time to enable. Uh, right, so the people as well, in a way that they can really succeed and thrive in 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 that environment. Right, so and and that also means uh, connected to that is setting the right culture from day one. Right, so in the company, because without that, then uh, all everything else can fall apart. Right, so sounds straightforward, but we see that most of the times, most of the early stage companies or start- startups fail because of that. Right, so that also entails, for example. Uh, uh, the 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 uh, how to say the governance right so between the founders co-founders right so um um 65 percent of startups in early stage fail because of people related issues including for example not having uh, 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 managed good in in a good way the, the 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 governance and the what the relationship between the co-founders and the responsibilities between the co-founders should be for example as one of the examples right? and it boils down to the quality of of the founding team and of of the, of the people so this is this is definitely uh, one key lesson uh, for me the, the, the another another lesson it, it boils down i would say is is, is a matter of mindset right so uh, uh, the, the mindset, the mindset uh, is is key to uh, to overcome uh, the the difficulties, right? So we are living in a con- con- increasingly complex and uncertain world. You see every day, right? So you see these days what's going on, uh, you know, everywhere else, uh, everywhere else in the world, right? So the amount of uncertainty is 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 just exponentially increased in the recent years and makes it more difficult to uh, plan for the future it makes it more difficult to forecast it makes it more difficult many many things right? so to give the to 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 pivot for example and and so on and so forth so uh, how to how to solve for that how to thrive how to succeed in a increasingly complex and uncertain world and and i don't have a, a right or wrong answer but but i think uh, it it boils down to have a, a set of uh, beliefs that you turn to whenever things don't go as expected, whenever things go wrong, whenever there is a, an unexpected crisis or, or so on and so forth, right? So that set of beliefs is sort of a compass or, or a guide that, that that keeps you, you know, going, uh, right? So, and those set of beliefs can be different for uh, each one of us, right? So, but for me, uh, what I learned is the important thing is uh, that you made the time to think through or to 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 define what your set of beliefs is, because uh, it, it, it will come a point in time where uh, uh, you might need to turn to those things in order in order to either solve some ethical dilemmas that would come through because again uh, the uncertainty of certain decisions 
uh, would, would imply that you need to make some ethical decisions uh, sooner or later, or uh, because you are just facing some extremely unexpected or difficult situations, right? So, and then uh, you might not have uh, necessarily around you uh, people that would have an answer for you or to be able to help you, uh, you know, uh, end to end. So that set of beliefs, I think, is 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 key, uh, uh, you know, for succeed. And then the other thing I've seen, I've, you know, in my experience is is uh, usually those entrepreneurs that are successful are the ones that uh, fall in love with the problem. So they they don't jump to conclusion. They don't fall in love with their idea too much at a point that it becomes a slippery slope and and it becomes a distortion of the reality, right? Because then you might end up loving your idea that much that you don't see that is not going the right direction or uh, the feedback that you receive, you don't start not hearing uh, too much about those, right? So one thing is is having a belief that you want to drive something forward, it's your purpose. The other thing is uh, 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 being able to, uh, uh, you know, to, 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 to spend enough time in, in the problem space to make yeah. sure that you are attacking the root causes or the real problem instead of what are symptoms, right? So because then the solution to you, you end up with might be very different. And and you might end up with a solution that is maybe great for a single, but then you realize that there is not an addressable market for for that because it was not a real problem that you're trying to solve, right? So, and, uh, so I would say, and, and that is the real challenge because there is no, what is the fine line? Where, where is the, uh, you know, where is the edge? I mean, it's, it's not written anywhere, right? So it's something that you need to figure out yourself. Uh, it comes with experience. Um, and 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 that's why uh, even failing as a first-time founder is not uh, necessarily a bad thing because uh, you might get all of those learnings uh, to to help you uh, right so for your next venture as well right so so uh, but falling in love with the, with the problem is something I think it's overseen and and I think not many uh, founders are uh, necessarily taking the courage or the time to 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 do that. Right. And finally, I would say at some point it's also a matter of making the hard calls. Right. So uh, uh, sometimes uh, 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 a, a lot of first time founders, uh, 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 you know, don't get to, to that. Right. So either they postpone uh, the, the, those hard calls or they don't take those hard calls at all. And and, and then when they wake up and it's, it's, it's you know, they, 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 they understood that they, sometimes it's late. Right. So and this can happen uh, across many different things. It could happen when you fundraise. Right. So that you try to fundraise too early or you dilute too much your company or it's too late. Right. So it's a border line that is difficult to, uh, but it could come also with product decisions, right? So it could, it could come with business model decision, could come with partnership decisions, right? So it's, it's across the board and, uh, uh, and, and, and the, the real successful founders that I had the chance to, 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 to work with or to interact with, I feel, I feel that they all have in common this ability also to, to, to make hard calls and to, um, to ruthlessly prioritize, right, and to 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 implement that focus that they need uh, in order to uh, to nail it down, right, and then expand and then incrementally increase. But but um, uh, I think this is this is this is another lesson learned uh, uh, across the journey. Amazing, uh, very very interesting uh, insight. Thank you for sharing this, uh, and really it's great. I think these are uh, lessons that anyone can learn, whether they want to pursue like. Um, and an entrepreneurship, uh, you know, journey or whether they're part of their career and, you know, uh, just growing within uh, companies. Um, and really just maybe as a final thought, Matt, I think you have one, uh, one or a couple of more questions before we wrap up uh, this webinar. So I'll hand it over to you. 
Uh, you're muted, Matt. Yes. You're muted. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I have indeed one more question, and and I want to come back more on the brand side, and uh, I want to learn from your experience. Like, um, let's say you're a brand and you decided to adopt new like technologies like 3D, AR, and virtual try-on. Um, how do you think these brands are setting up for success? Like, what is the the formula to set up for success? Yeah, that's 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 a that's an amazing question. So I think uh, I think uh, the brands that I've seen most successful in 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 adopting uh, new technologies, or let's say we can extend this to implementing some sort of change, right? So because at the end of the day, uh, you are you are going to touch some of your processes, you are going to touch some of your channels or or, or experiences, right? So user experiences. Um, so are are those that. Uh, first of all, uh, they have sort of, a, I would say, uh, first of all, they have a growth mindset, right? So they they face all of this as learning opportunities, right? So they 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 don't build something that gets stuck uh, because they uh, they 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 made it like a process where they have an assumption and it's all dependent on that, but they make it an iterative process of experimenting and learning. So they build a really a, a culture of experimentation and they're able to uh, keep you know iterating back the feedback that they get to improve, continuously improve. So this is this is one approach. The second the second uh, one uh, the, the second approach I've, I've noticed in, in brands that do this successfully is they really focus on the user first, right? So they really focus on the user journey. They really focus on the user. They don't assume that because they have already have established uh, processes internally to the organization to the brand or established alignment across different departments. So that, that, that's the only way to do things, right? So they they put the user first and they start with setting what are the user metrics of success that then turn into their own success as a brand right so uh, and and companies that do that uh, 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 in a good way they, they are definitely um, more successful than than other companies because at the end of the day they they uh, they have a learning mindset as we said but also they know why they are doing certain things whereas there are companies that believe it or not uh, they don't have a framework that would allow uh, them to uh, to constantly remind themselves why they're doing what they're doing, right? So, uh, whereas successful companies have, um, uh, also from a measurement perspective, they have uh, the ability to set up frameworks where they, they they know what they're driving and why they're driving what they're driving and how they're going to measure. So, what are the measure of success objectives that achieve? Through certain initiatives or, or or marketing initiatives, or when they introduce a new technology, for example, or when they experiment a new a new app, they, they for example they they know how to do uh, testing, right? So whether it's a a, a, a simple A/B test or it's a multivariate testing or it's a, a, a cohort-based scenario, right? So or whatever, they they intentionally uh, uh, have built an environment where they can run multiple of these tests, right? So at the same time. And, and and but they're also able then to 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 have the right measure of success in place so that they can get the signals and the data back and iterate on that. So they build this sort of virtuous process uh, where they can uh, keep making it better and better. But they are not stuck because they are not striving for perfection, right? So they accept that uh, you know they need to start somewhere, and then they keep uh, evolving on that, uh, right? So so I think I think those are the the best companies I've been uh, interacting with and where I've seen that they're really being very successful in driving, uh, you know, either new technology introductions or, you know, even change management uh, within existing processes that they might already have. Great. Yeah, I agree. Uh, all about the, the mentality, the people driving the company and, yeah, this uh, sense of, like, not be scared to fail and try new things uh, to satisfy your customers. 
Yeah, and I agree on that as well. Very importantly is, you know, uh, having an open mindset, listening to feedback from the market, as well as being very focused on the metrics that you put in and the data. So really collecting data, analyzing data, and really seeing how, how you're actually comparing to your goal uh, metrics that you have set up. And really combining these whole strategies together is actually what actually like enables the, co the company to, to succeed. Um, thank you so much, Roberto. Uh, always a pleasure speaking with you. Great insight as usual. Uh, I hope everyone have here enjoyed uh, our conversation uh, and learned a lot from it. Uh, we sure did. Uh, again, thanks so much for being here. It's always a pleasure to have you and looking forward uh, maybe to having you another time on a different topic. Anytime. Looking forward. It's always a pleasure working with you guys. And, and uh, you know, I've been uh, uh, one of the early supporters of Design Apps, and I believe uh, what your guys are doing is, is exceptional, is, 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 is awesome, and it's going to have an impact right, on, 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 uh, on the businesses and, and, and the brands. So definitely, thank you for having me. And again, apologies if I had to... Uh, find uh, you know connecting through the mobile. Um, I hope uh, I hope the audio and the experience was good. And, uh, and 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 thank you so much for having me. Thank you uh, and thank you all. Uh, and we'll uh, be in touch for our next webinar. Have a great one. Follow us on our LinkedIn page to stay updated with our news.